Hey, Phil. Hey, Cinder. You want to talk about a few small topics over 30-ish minutes and then jam them together with some outtakes? Oh, so it's grab bag time. Uh Uh-huh. Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And tonight's topic, well, tonight and next week are going to be grab bag episodes because Phil is getting ready to go to Boston for a work conference, which is going to mangle our standard recording schedule. Truth, because otherwise I got to record from a hotel room yeah. and shitty internet. Nope. Ho- shitty shitty hotel internet is not how we record yeah, the not show happening. with the with the charm and chemistry that you are all used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, grab bag time. So uh, for our longtime listeners, you know the drill. Um, we're going to visit a few questions that um, weren't quite enough to blow out into full episodes. And uh, we're just going to like kind of rapid fire uh, answer these. And we're going to start with. Yes. Question one from Chris on Twitter who asked us. Phil at Adela Mifflin, wonder how to organize my one shots to crescendo to a nice denouement for every session and then use that for campaigns. So there's a nice arc of building tension, too. So basically, um, my interpretation, our interpretation of this would be something like an episodic campaign is what we're talking about, right? Yeah, a series of connected one-shots yeah. that the run of connected one-shots form a story arc. Right. Right? Like like Steven Universe. Yeah. Steven Universe. Very mm-hmm. – uh, Steven Universe until the end. Yeah, until the end, you gotta – it takes a long The time. ending stops be- – but that's true of a – It's true So of that's a lot actually of true yeah. of a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Like a lot of TV shows, um, especially episodic ones, when they get close to their series or season finales, they tend to kind of break – that structure so that they can just tell like because they're telling a much bigger story yeah and they've been Um, they've been building into it for a while but then they have to start like really pushing it and then come to the climax of the larger story that they've been building up to all you know year so if we leave alone those like four episodes at the end of the (laughs) season of steven universe then yes for the most part steven universe is an episodic show that actually does tell overall a campaign in its uh, many episodes as they uh, complete. Yeah. Uh, but then at the end, of course, it just goes like full out. Yeah. It goes full out, like four episode, four episodes jammed together, big story. Right. Yes. Now, don't get us wrong. It's totally worth it. It is so <laughs> worth it. It's so totally worth it. And they needed four episodes to tell that whole story. Yeah. So, I'm, yes, that was all very necessary. It was very necessary. Okay. And I was so glad that they didn't chop it into four individual episodes. And yeah, yeah. No, that would have also it been, that would have been terrible. I, I, 15 minutes of that oh, at God. a time would not have it been It wouldn't enough. have worked. Yeah, no. Okay. okay. Anyway, moving right along. All right. So cool. So um, I think the first thing that we need to talk about with this is arcs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've done this on other shows and always will refer back to um, Arc of the Misdirected. Indeed. That is a famous misdirected episode that's all about making arcs. Yep. Like what goes into a good arc? Well, we, we also end up immediately talking about Free Tags Pyramid, right? Which is something else that we have also pyramid. talked about on the show before. <laughs> Because the pyramid is basically a, um, it's a weird little drawing chart thing of the action. It's not how I learned it. It's how Phil learned it, right? But it's like, it's like exposition, this flat bit, 
And then rising action, which rises shockingly, right? Like Phil's college sure, you nickname. Bet it, <laughs> you bet it. You bet it's rising. Rising big. What's it rising action. for? What's it rising it's for? It's rising for climax. <laughs> Are we really doing this again? Yeah, and then what happens to it? <laughs> and then there's falling action, which goes down the other side. Which which happens, I mean, right? Like, <laughs> which, I mean, that's just natural. And then the flat bit on the other side is the denouement. That's the cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the cuddling, right? Great. So cool. Uh, that's a nice refresher of Freetog's Pyramid. Right. <laughs> um, so... In other words, what we need to do is we need to set up these episodes to mimic Freetog's Pyramid. So we can have a few episodes doing some exposition, which is um, just kind of getting to know the characters where no serious stakes are set, right? So we can have a couple of just one shots that are just just that, right? Like there's a single problem, it goes away, there's no big deal. But as we approach the rising action, we start to have in our uh, one shots kind of a running, like a running storyline. Each each episode, each session is self-contained, so it has a beginning, middle, and end by itself, but it begins to connect to something larger, and that larger thing begins that rising action, which then uh, reaches the climax, which is where um, you're going to figure out in one or maybe two sessions what the outcome of the climax is. And then you're going to begin to that. You're going to start doing a couple sessions that bring that falling action, right? This will be the, this will be the aftermath of whatever the climax was. So maybe it's an epic space battle and the episodes that follow are like uh, salvaging and repairing ships and making peace treaties and closing wormholes and things like that until you get into the denouement where you're starting to kind of now wrap up this arc completely. Right. So right? if you think of, if you're envisioning like flatbed exposition and then the triangle that pops up and then like flatbed denouement, when you get episodic, it's like if you put little triangles all along that path, right? So then it'll be a triangle with spiky bits sticking out because you're going to have individual rising climax and falling action for each of your uh, one shots. But yeah, they will so overall a- continue to follow the path of the pyramid, right? Right. So that's actually a really good point is that each episode has that that beginning, middle, end, which is a, a, which is its own free tag pyramid. Mm-hmm. And then the storyline that it's building is going to... Um, is going to lead up to that. You know who was really good at doing this hmm. was William Gibson. Does this um, did this thing where uh, he takes like three protagonists, yeah, and they all have their own rising action, and you don't really understand why. Um, so you've read Neuromancer, mm-hmm. but um, it, he really he really gets this down in both Count Zero and Mona Lisa Overdrive, which are the two books after that where he takes like three disparate characters and they're all doing stuff. And you're like, yeah, they look like they're each on their own, like they're on their own free tog pyramid. Then all of a sudden, like all three of the storylines, like come together at the climax. And you're like, what the, (laughs) and like, like, and all of a sudden they solve whatever the problem is. Yeah. Like their individual paths lead them to this like same spot. And then the climax happens and then it starts to um, fall and then go into datum up. It's um, it's a really good tool. It does take a little bit of campaign prep. Yeah. Because you're going to have to kind of plot out like how much rising action do you want? And then how do you make each chunk of rising action into a into its own um, session? Right. 
That, like so, how do you how do you create the um, falling action and denouement on a session by session basis without losing ground on your overall rising action, right? And I think um, we've given some tips a little bit about that before, and I think that um, one of them, and probably my favorite one, is to just not resolve quite everything. Resolve most things. Like if you put out three questions yep. for the one shot or the episode or the session, right? Solve two of them. And leave one of them. Yeah. One of them is the thing that connects it to the big overarching thing. Or maybe two of them, right? But like, so you answer some of the questions, but not all the questions. I will also recommend that Star Trek Deep Space Nine, if you want to look at how good falling action occurs in episodes, the Deep Space Nine had a number of um, story arcs. Look at um, look at anything after season four, I think. Um but they would have occasionally like a really big climactic episode to cap some story arc. And then the episodes that always followed were always, they were very, they were different in tone and they were a little more character driven and they were almost always about the characters after whatever the thing was. And they were always like, because it's Star Trek, there's always repairs and things like that. And like, they Star Trek Deep Space Nine did a really good job of showing what falling action in an episodic format looks like. Yeah. Well, I think hopefully that kind of covers a bunch of things. It touches on a lot of things we've talked about before and ties them all together. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited about the next question and I want to make sure we have time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Ready? Yeah. Our next question comes from Garwolf, who wrote in to ask, and this is, I mean, when you hear the question, right, you'll know why. Who else would you? Yes. Who else would you have emailed yes. about this? <laughs> Dear pandas, uh-huh. one of the highlights of the film Captain Marvel was the totally rockin' female forward '90s soundtrack. Truth, mm-hmm. but there were no songs by the Ditch Lilies. I know. I was also disappointed. It was kind of a travesty. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. tell me which Ditch Lily song they should have included, when in the movie, and why. Like Garwolf. We could not narrow this down to just one song. No, 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 so, not possible. Um, right? We picked several. Yes. <laughs> um, I I will go first. Yeah, you um, go first. I'll go first. Um, my first thought when I thought about it was like, well, those other songs are the other songs in the soundtrack are so very nineties. They're very right? iconic. Yes. Yeah, and I and I was thinking of like, what is like, what is like, like the most nineties ditch lily song that yeah. i could think of and yeah. so so immediately what came to mind was tears in my latte yeah of course right yeah yeah um which I, which i think is um i think is one of lily's best breakup songs ever yeah um, and there good. are many right Wait, like there's, there's no shortage of lily breakup songs well yeah i mean didn't i know i saw a music video somebody made one time of um a bunch of friends clips to tears in my latte like that's definitely a thing that happened well, too it was yeah i mean and so to be specific they were the ones where ross and rachel break up yeah 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 yeah. because yeah. it's not a happy song right no, tears no. in my latte is a pretty downbeat song so it was no um a lot of a lot of that uh, here's a little um here's a little thing about tears in my latte that a lot a lot of people don't know right yeah um lily was recording it acoustic as she's off, you know, want to do especially when yeah. she's broken up with someone um and she did that thing where she hit the guitar with her hand, yeah. right? She was playing acoustic guitar, right? She just hit it with her hand. It was later, um, the guys from Extreme picked that up from Lily because they had um, they had seen Lily in Brooklyn 
uh, in a small club in Brooklyn, they had seen Lily play that. And then like a year later, more than words came out. So that, you know. Right. That's, that's I guarantee I mean, you that was Lily. Right. But isn't that also the one that they actually like debuted it in a like cyber cafe? Well, okay. So good. Thank you. Because I lost my way. Let me go back to why I think it should be in the movie. Right. right. That's so, why I was bringing you back in. Thanks. So <laughs> the, um, for me, because one, one of the things I liked in the first part of Captain Marvel was um, the so very 90s things that were happening. Right. Yeah. So um, the blockbuster. <laughs> oh right. Gosh. The Radio Shack. Yes. Um. But one of my favorites was the Cyber Cafe. Yes. Right? And so to me, if like Tears in My Latte was playing, like like if in that scene where Carol's looking up where the bar is, yep. like on Alta Vista. Yes. Right? Uh, a thing that I have done in my life. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I think like that would have been like 90s as fuck. Right, yeah, like that would have been a just... good place for it. Yeah, yeah, I okay. agree. So th- anyway, agree. thank you. I, I got a little carried away about talking about Tears of My Latte and forgot to tie it back to the movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We got to we got to tie it back to the movie. But yeah, so the 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 one that I thought of immediately is actually one of Ashley's songs, and we know that Ashley is like not the main person who usually writes songs, and it's partially because her songs tend to be like super girl power angry. Uh, or super stocky at times. Or super stocky. That happens too. Yeah, yep. that's a She's, thing. For those who don't remember, she was the bass player. Um, yeah. She was also known for setting things on lighting fire. some fire. Yes, lighting yep. things on fire. Yeah. Setting things on fire. We don't we don't talk about that bus Correct. incident. We don't talk about Lilith Fair 97. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So unsurprisingly, um, one of her few songs that is, you know actually made it to any of their albums called the glow of my fire it has a really really like driving bass track right yeah um and it's basically a lot more of like a a harder grungier sound than they necessarily always hit and it's like really like a pump you up song and it's ashley so it's about fire and flames anyway i thought that that would have been brilliant for them to play when carol is uh, stopping the missiles, right? Um, oh, gosh, totally, we should have right? said spoilers. I mean, it's been out for a while, but I I'll put something like, in the show notes. I feel like we're not ruining too much at this <laughs> point if we just say missiles, right? Right, right, like, right. So she's she's stopping the missiles, but like that moment, like uh, where she gets like super glowy and like is like kill the missiles, right. like that would have been a really epic time for that bass track to just come right in underneath yeah. and like. Like you know, that would have been awesome. Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like 100 with. You. I mean, I kind of just want to make that video when I can get my hands on the footage, just like see what it's like. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you've still got your Napster download of uh, Glow, <laughs> Glow My Fire, right? I mean, yeah. I or have did you my... get it off MySpace? Um, no, it's the Napster one. Did your, did your, did your dad let you on MySpace? Oh, I don't think he knew what I was looking at on the computer. I don't think that like. Parental controls were a thing that had been invented or anyone considered that we needed yet. Lucky for you. Yeah, I know. Not for my child. <laughs> right. I was a hey. free a free range internet child. Free range internet. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, we uh, we did also pick an honorable mention, right? We did. What was we our did. honorable mention? Yeah, Star Streak, um, which is one of their like more ballad like songs. Yeah, right? they 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 had seen Metallica do Nothing Else Matters. Right, right, right. And, they were, and like, we're trying yeah. to go after a piece of that, right? Like, right. But, but the yeah. in, so the interesting thing about that one is that there are some specific parts of 
Megan's drum line yeah. that um, have to do with the physics of falling and how we calculate how fast um, an artifact will fall through the atmosphere and, you know, how yeah. it, the heat and stuff like that. So, right. So, like, but it's Megan. Like, so I, I'm like, I can't necessarily translate for you, but I'm told that that's part of what's going on in there. So it's it's basically, it's meant to evoke like the, the idea of a shooting star across the sky, right? So for me, it was perfect like credits moment where she goes like, she like comes up and she hovers and then she goes, Phew! and that's like the last shot. And I was like, oh, that would have been a good time for that song. Yeah. Yeah. Starstreak right there. That would have been great. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I I think it was a mistake not to include a Ditchley song. I know. I, I'm like I'm pretty disappointed. That's like the one thing about the film that disappointed me is that there wasn't any Ditch Lilies, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. also disappointed that there's no actual '90s soundtrack. Like, there's a playlist. Like, everybody knows the playlist, it's true. but there's like, no. Why, why can't I buy it? Like, I can get the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah, I, and I also, feel like they they I left mean, some money on the table on that. If one. we're like, gonna have this conversation, then I want to know where my Captain Marvel panties are. So you know, whatever. I feel like they maybe didn't they didn't quite market this movie. I mean, I've got my Captain right. Marvel boxer shorts. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forgive you. I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to steal your Captain Marvel boxer shorts and I'm going to turn them into panties. That's, I feel like they probably wouldn't fit me. I mean, they would just a lot. Eventually. Fit you, they fit you a lot. like <laughs> With a belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well, when we start talking about wearing each other's <laughs> undergarments, it's clearly time to get Wait, out of the show. Wait, is that what we were doing? <laughs> oh, but no. before we go, send to tell me about another show <laughs> oh, on the Destructive Mark Network. Sure. Um, on Bone, Stone, and Obsidian, Wayne and Robert take monthly deep dives into the dark sun setting and discuss it across all the editions of D&D. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You will soon be able to find us on the Misdirected Mark forums. I promise they're nearly there. I've seen them. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information or follow us in one of those places, what can they do with it? Uh, like we always say, please send us your topics. We love to do shows about the things that you find interesting in gaming. Don't worry about what the topic is. Uh, game design, game mastering, playing, Ditch Lilies trivia. Like We'll find a place for it in a show. A grab bag, a full episode. Don't worry. We know what to do with it. We are trained professionals. Professionals. Hey, if you like what we do here, elsewhere on the Mr. Actor Mark Network, you can join our Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of good things like the bonus outtakes from this show, the Misdirected Mark After Show, uh, access to our Slack room, and a whole bunch of other goodies as we are wont to do um, because sometimes we just like doing things like for our patrons. And we also like to give shout outs to our various patrons, three of which we shout out to each week. Do you want to shout out to our patrons? Absolutely. Merrick Blackman, the Royal D&D Reviewer. Thank you so much, Merrick. JT Evans. Thank you so much, JT. And Thomas Hook. Thanks so much, Thomas. Say, Senda, 
if you are already supporting the Patreon campaign or unable to support the Patreon campaign, there's another thing you can do. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just a few minutes of your time that will make me stop making rhymes. And, <laughs> I was um, scared he was going to do that. <laughs> so you can leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. I'm just going to jump right in and make sure we don't keep going with that. Um, every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because like ratings and reviews and stuff are like how they list them in order so they actually really 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 super help not to mention which they also make us super unbelievably giddy because they make me really really happy to read them oh my god artistic validation anyway moving right along so phil show me how you are going to pace your masks game for the big reveal Oh man, I got I got so I got issues of like how it's building up in the storyline. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. It clicked. We're in good shape. Clicky is the Microsoft Office tool that I always wanted to have. Really? That you wanted to have? Bloop. I think you're too young to remember Clippy, right? Yeah, no. Clippy was the most obnoxious paperclip known to man who offered you tips that were never, ever helpful and wouldn't go away. You know what's funny? Cl- so Clippy gets a bad rap, right? Like, Clippy gets pretty dunked on pretty hard, right? Clippy gets a bad rap because Clippy would pop up when you were, like, trying to do something advanced and be like, oh, I see you're trying to type a word. If you push a letter on the keyboard, it'll help. And you'd be like, I am trying to lay out a newspaper, but thanks, Clippy. I mean, here's the thing, though, right? So we all hate on Clippy, but there were other... um, There were other creatures. Like, there was a little Einstein... There okay, was a little dog. There was a cat. In Microsoft? All right, hang on. See? I no, see I was I only knew Clippy. Bloop. But you also have to remember like I didn't have a Windows machine and like it didn't matter if I was compatible with everybody at the time, so I was already using like actually at the time I was using Claris Works. <laughs> right. Claris Works. Oh man, that is Claris Works. That's like Claris Works goes with Bob's Three and a half inch floppy. That was hilarious, right? <laughs> All right. So let me let me now um, let me now schools you. Okay. 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 School, so schools me. according to Wikipedia, um, there uh-huh. were actually many other uh, office no. assistants besides Clippy. Uh, there was Dot, a shape shifting smiley faced red ball, a Hoverbot, which was a robot. Yeah, but what? What what software were these in? No, they were all part. They were they were, they were all, all office assistant. Office? Yeah, you just had to Are change. You yeah, you had to change. You could change but the Clippy assistant. Clippy was the default. The Clippy. Well, I'm sure they would have been just as useless because they would have said the same thing. Well, things. yes, but they but they had different animations. So hang on, but you could make them look less. Right. Okay. So hang on. So the hoverbot, ah, ah. Uh, the genius, which was a caricature of Albert Einstein. No. That was removed in Office XP, apparently. Um, Office Logo, which was a jigsaw puzzle. Mother Nature, which was a globe. Scribble, which was the origami-esque cat. Why? Power Pup, 
which was a Why? superhero dog, and Will, Why? which was a caricature of William Shakespeare. Bloop. Well, I, I, now, can you imagine how much more frustrated I would have been if a caricature of William Shakespeare sat there and continued to tell me inane and stupid advice that did nothing for right? me? Now, you now all you needed was the office. You needed just the office CD to actually load them up. But like I remember because I got rid of Clippy and replaced it with Scribble, the cat. And I so, was using Clarisworks. You know what Clarisworks didn't have? Scribble the a cat. A truly obnoxious quote help unquote bot that was constantly jumping up and getting in your way when you tried to do. Do you things. know what Scribble the cat used to do? It what would go Scribble to sleep on top of the. On, uh, it would go to sleep like on top of your document. Uh-huh. Like it would just, it would like climb up on your document, like on the edge, on the upper edge, and then just so like lay down and like, it was adorable. Don't, I mean, don't, that's cute. Don't besmirch my scribble. That sounds adorable. It also sounds super distracting. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember if you could pet it. I'm looking at pictures of scribble right now. <laughs> totally forgot. Aww. Scribble was adorable. Miss your pet scribble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That scribble was a thing. That was a, he was a little, he was a little cartoon. So adorable. Bloop. Oh, I forgot the dot. The dot. Okay. So the Wikipedia did a bad job on this one. The dot. On the dot. The, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Nope. Never mind. It is a stupid dot. Okay. Yep. Nope. <laughs> oh, and I forgot the wizard. There was a wizard. Merlin. The wizard. It was literally a wizard. Bloop. And there was somebody at Microsoft whose job was to make these animations. <laughs> like, so. Well, I mean, the, the animations themselves were fine. The part that was obnoxious was the part that they just like kept jumping in when you were trying to do something, assuming that the computer knew better what you wanted to do than you did. Well, if you typed like the word dear, it was like, I think you're making a business letter. Do you want help making business letters? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not I'm like, not saying no. they were I'm not saying they were good. I'm just saying that like <laughs> most people like like to dunk on Clippy, but there was more than just Clippy. Like there was a well, menagerie. We never bothered to change from Clippy. We just tried to get rid of him as fast as possible well, and it popped up every single time you open the damn program. That was the the other thing you have to remember and then we have to get started with the show is that we really is do. that not only um, not only was it obnoxious and full of useless advice, but it was chewing up vital RAM. Like, you right, like it was using so much. You didn't have so much sixteen of your gigs power. of RAM, right? Like it was. Right. It was to run a stupid paperclip for a word processing program. Don't even get me started on how much RAM it takes to run Excel, which is a spreadsheet application. Well, modern Excel or past Excel? As far as I can tell, all of the above. Yeah, Excel's Excel's ridiculous in terms it's of... It's like unbelievably bloated. Okay. Bloop. Anyway. Anyway, um, we're moving right along. <laughs> we're on a time schedule tonight, so we, we have sure to... We have to allons-y, gonna... as they would say, <laughs> uh, and get the show... Don't, don't do French. Jerome will laugh at us again. Oh, I know. My French is terrible. <laughs> Three years of high school French, and I only managed to squeak out a 68 on my regents exam, so... He's still mocking us about mise en place. Yeah. I mean, I love the concept. I just pronounce it terribly. Anyway, we should roll into the show. <laughs> really, really, we're going to go into the show. Are you ready? Good. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Boom. Boom. Okay, we just stop there. It's there. I'm like, or you can keep going. It's fine. We're on a time schedule. No, no, we're on Yeah, just keep going. Bloop. We're on a mission, and you're wishing some will cure your lonely condition. 
looking for love in all the wrong places. No. Oh, okay. Well, I caught up when you got to that line. Yeah, young MC, bust a move. Maybe? No, I, no, I didn't. you want it, you got it. Nope. Got Come on. Okay. <laughs> my 80s my eighties peeps, my 80s peeps who are listening have, are busting a move right now. You have to start the show. <laughs> I want to do it like Leonard Skinner, like free bird, like free dog. How about oh, no. free dog's a pyramid? <laughs> No. no, no, no. Freebird. No, I the do Freebird. Free yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. fine. Anyway, moving right along. For a second, I was starting to feel super old. Are you pretending like you know the song Freebird? Is I, that what's happening? I know that here? you yell Freebird at people. Do you know? Uh, but you don't know why. Oh. You're gonna have some YouTube homework tonight. No, before you go to it's bed, gonna be too you late. Get some YouTube homework. No, it's gonna be too late. Anyway, all right. Well, I'm gonna. So it's on me to show you Freebird. That's fine. Okay. Bloop. So, uh, so then, um, you're referring to Free Tog's Pyramid as I interrupted you with Leonard Skinner's right. Freebird. You, you okay. did. You did because. Bloop. <laughs> I don't know what to do from there. <laughs> I'm gonna help you. I'm you gonna help you because you're, you're losing. I'm it. like, what? <laughs> Bloop. Definitely no panties in that show. Definitely not a panties show. I mean, don't you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> don't know what they're wearing to the show. I wasn't talking about what they're wearing. I probably don't talk about them. I mean, do you think there are dark sun panties? I mean, if they are, they're made of like dried cactus oh, or god. something. Right? <laughs> like, oh god! Like, that's like that's a little a, too masochistic. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, it's dark sun, so you know, it's made from like it's it's either made from like dried lizard or like like you know like or you know sun dried cactus with with the spiky bits. Oh my god! On, please, on the outside, please get us out of this show. Please, please save, save us. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Google. You cannot. You can no. find us in the Google void. Was, I totally Go wanted to G Void. There. Go to G Void. Just type nothing. <laughs> Just you can find us there. Shout into the void of Google Plus. Uh-huh. Um, gosh, our... You can find us on Google Wave. Um, what? No. Okay, gosh. Send us a wave on Google Wave. Stop, I'm trying to end the show. No, you're not. Yes, I really am, Okay, try harder. But you keep preventing me. Now. Oh my gosh, okay, so... I'm gonna just tell you... Yeah. Because we're gonna record the next episode. Uh Uh-huh. How utterly fitting J.T. Evans and Thomas Hook... Would be if they were the patrons in the next episode. I'm not fixing it, but just for you people later when you listen, later go back. It is go back, hilarious. and you'll be like, oh, they are the correct patrons for the next episode. But no, I pick them off the list in the order that they're listed. I know, but they would have um, been good. You are correct. They would have been so perfect. <laughs> Damn it, so good. Carrying it's even on. funnier like this, though. Carrying even funnier on. like this. Carrying on. Uh, like I got a, like I got one more reveal and then like moving right into the climax on on, on the storyline. Yeah, show, show me what you, what you got. got. Show me show what, you, me what got. you got. I can't comment show on that game because I actually know what's going on and people who show play it are listening. Show me what you got. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, I I was just gonna let you go for that tonight. <laughs> like a hot mess. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> <good>. <laughs>
It's good. This is what we expect from grab bags. Bone, stone, and obsidian panties. <laughs> I really don't want panties made out of bone, stone, and obsidian. Let me see if I can, see if I can just add like, the word terrible. panties into this copy. Hang on. No, no, no. Bone, no. stone, and obsidian panties. Wayne and Robert <laughs> take a monthly deep dive into Dark Sun's panties. <laughs> oh, nope, nope. Nope, don't nope. Do that it. doesn't sound right. Don't do it and um, discuss it across all the editions. And discuss of panties <laughs> all across the editions of D&D. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, for now on, for now on we're reading all misdirected mark copy with panties somewhere panties in them. In it. Oh good, what's next time? Good. Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in Panty Hustle. <laughs> Wait, I've seen that. I saw that in the 80s. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in the 80s. Panty Hustle. Oh, boy. Bloop. Well, no, Eric No, and it's Eli. 34 minutes. It's 34 minutes. Okay, Say goodbye. We'll make, do that bit. They make their kung fu stronger by watching panty films and discussing how to apply their observations in game. Well, I mean, who, who doesn't? <laughs> See, if we make it next time, no one will remember because it'll be a week apart, even though it's the same night for us. Okay, dear God, let's stop. <laughs> Okay. Say bye. Bye. Bye.